dirty cups. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, welcome to the Truth Revolution <laughs> Records podcast. I'm here with Hanif Nelson and Natalie Fernandez, and we're just going to talk about music today. Um, specifically, I would like to go over some stuff about um, some Hartford dealings and some history on what we've been de- uh, dealing with there musically, right? And then um, also, since Natalie's here, we could talk about everything from her performances what she's doing now her her new stuff she's working on and then uh, maybe some nuestro tango stuff yes <laughs> <laughs> but i mean we can all just have some fun um we want to thank you for joining us um also we want to thank our patreon um subscribers because you're making this happen thank you um and we are just about getting into the mode of doing this on a regular schedule as as you guys know the hard thing about that is scheduling we got to pay somebody to do it i mean we can produce the shows but we got to get somebody there to actually uh keep these going and we have so many musicians that need to get their information out tons of musicians and they're all down to do it and willing to do it we just got to get those times so thank you hanif is coming from harford to visit his dad and um, natalie's actually up from la yeah so i mean you guys are getting a treat today so thank you guys for coming through <laughs> thank uh, you no problem so what do you guys want to talk about um I, well i know hanif i want to um we, we talked already about this extensively when we were in harford so yeah. <laughs> now that we're here i mean we can just continue and talk about some of that stuff but um first off uh, let's talk about what you've been doing in Hartford, especially with um, uh, the Monday Night Jazz series and things like that. Yeah, so Hartford is, uh, you know, I've been in Hartford now for, if you count my four years of school, for the last 21 years. And, you know, as of the last several years, I've been managing uh, Jazz Mondays at Black Eyed Sally's, a popular restaurant in downtown Hartford. And um, believe it or not, October will mark the 10-year anniversary of the jam session there. So it's a yeah, big man. milestone because anyone that's, that's lived in Hartford or that, that's been around Hartford knows that it's sometimes really hard to keep a, a jam session running yeah, for one is. year, let alone running for 10. You know, now uh, this is festival season in Hartford. So, you know, there's all kinds of festivals in Hartford. You've got the Monday Night Jazz Series, that's which right. was recently yeah. renamed after Paul Brown last year. The Greater Hartford Festival of Jazz just passed by. This year, the city's doing some interesting pop-up concerts, a bunch of different genres. Mm. One of the insurance companies, Travelers, that's in there, they started a concert series that they're calling uh, Music on the Plaza. You know, I haven't been involved in a lot of these concert series and talking to a lot of these people putting these series on because I think one of the things that, as artists, we you know we want to get to perform, but sometimes we don't really understand the other side of the equation. We don't understand right. what it means to put on a show we don't understand what it means to you know have to go out there publicize it have to you know try to work to make sure people are attending it making sure the venue is right and then on on the flip side some of these people in business that want to do these concerts in the city they don't understand the artist angle they figure well you know we can just pay you 50 bucks create great music not understanding that well you know just like you want to be paid commensurate for what you do so do the artists and and I think one of the things that I've discovered for the last three years, specifically doing Black Eyed Sally's, is there's a conversation that needs to happen between artists and venue owners. And a lot of artists aren't prepared to have that conversation. So it's really trying to get artists to understand if you don't know how to have that conversation, you really need to defer to someone that does. Right, right, right. Exactly right. And you've been doing the series for how long, the jam session? The jam session, I've been in, I've been playing in it since day one, but I've been 
behind the scenes, either running it or helping to run it for the last three years now. Right, right, right. And you've been in Hartford for a while because I remember when I I used to come up, and this is like when I first started playing, you were playing um, on the scene with my brother and stuff like that, and I'd had such a good time. You guys let me sit in, so I'd be like, oh, that's cute. But, um, I mean, we were having so much fun. But when did you first come to Hartford? 96. is uh, That's when I came to college at the University of Hartford uh, to study with Jackie McLean. Right. Because prior to college, I didn't know anything about Connecticut north of New Haven. That's well, as far as I ever right. came because I grew up in New York. Mm-hmm. And um, after a friend of mine who was a year ahead of me, yeah, he came to Hartford for school and we went to high school together and he told me about Hartford and then he told me about Jackie and I met Jackie during my audition and come to find out, uh, you know, Jackie actually instructed two of my brothers when he was having a, some time when he wasn't touring and he was teaching at a drum and bugle corps in the Bronx and two of my brothers were actually in that drum and bugle corps. So, you know, you find out that you have a connection that spans even beyond your lifetime with someone like Jackie McLean as well. Oh, yeah interesting things for those who believe in fate or destiny or however you choose to look at it. You know, I I believe that there was a strong call for me to come to Hartford because like I said, I didn't know anything about Hartford prior to, to heart and um, coming there, you know, getting the chance to meet Jackie playing with guys like Steve Davis and Nat Reeves, you know, going to the artist collective, working there as a teacher, doing performances with the youth jazz orchestra. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and that was when um, yep. the Youth Jazz Orchestra, that's when we would travel. I remember um, we I remember we did a gig at Harvard, and um, the bass was bigger than Luquez. And he yeah. had to stand on two phone books in order to play it. So it's like, <clears throat> I, I remember those things. And I remember, like, the, the growth and the people that have come out of that, that program. I remember the Academy when Dave Santoro was there. You know, right. going to visit and when Paul Brown was there, you know, so there's a lot of things about Hartford and a lot of richness about Hartford that people outside of Hartford don't really understand. That's right. And don't really know. That's right. That's right. Yeah. There's a lot of musicians still coming from Hartford now and making a, a big uh, impact here in New York. Yeah. So, Natalie, you're from L.A.? I'm not from L.A., but Correct I'm living. Me. <laughs> but I'm living in L.A. currently. Um, I, I'm from Argentina and I was raised in Miami. And I met basically everybody in Boston. I met right, you in Boston. Right. I met the band in Boston. I met everybody in Boston. What year was that? Oh, God. Must we? That was back in like 2001. 2000, right? Oh, 2001. Okay. 2001, 2002. Um, when I was only 13 years old. Right. And I was in college. Because right. um, I'm a child genius. We know this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and so I, I just moved to, to L.A., uh, officially, but my family relocated there back in like 2010, right before we started the Afro Tango album. Oh, bet, yeah. From Miami, I got them to move to LA. I so. remember that you went back to LA, and we were all sad. Well, you yeah. came to New York first, right? I oh, came, no, you went to LA first. I went to, to right after Berkeley. I went to to Miami just for a little bit, then I went to LA, and I was there for like six, seven years. Yep. And then you were like, "Hey, so we're gonna finish this or what?" But what were you doing at that time? When I was in LA, yeah, I was an elementary school music teacher. And I was working on a project um, with an old partner of mine, uh, Positive Music. Right, it right. It was called Positive Perception. Oh, so it was all pop music with hip hop. Back when it wasn't cool. Now it's cool. Right, right. So now but we don't do it. Everybody, yeah. yeah now I'm just, I'm so over it. <laughs> but yeah, and so, and the album's out. That's, it's called uh, Voice in the World of Echoes. And, uh, and yeah, and then we went to work on the Afro Tango album, you and I. That's what right. ended up bringing me to New and York. We recorded that record. Now, I forget who I was explaining this to. I think it was, maybe it was Camille or something. But we did that entire record 
2003? We did, yeah. We did the that album started in 2003, 2004. We we went into the studio to record like the real version, which ended up being a demo version in like 05. And we never mixed it. We never went forward with it. And then I remember I I, uh, came across, I think, one of the recordings. I was like, Natalie, (laughs) do you still have the, um, the tracks? Yeah. And you were like, yeah. And then as I'm listening to it, I was like, forget the tracks. Let's just re-record the whole yeah, thing. And right. we were we re-recorded the entire record using the old charts. I kind of like fixed them up a little bit, but um, yeah. we did the whole. We we did the. We pretty much stuck rearrange. to it. Yeah, yeah, we pretty much did a rearrange for the, the new section. Yep. That's right. We we oh, we were halfway through putting the horns on though. I remember we didn't do the whole. No, I think there was thing. probably about a good seven years of of horn arranging. Yeah. Um, maturity that had to happen <laughs> for you so you can write those crazy <laughs> horn lines that you wrote for the record I, the record listen those horn lines I, I think the old I think those are the old horn lines <laughs> were they oh my god I think so well, that's what go. I was like listening to it the other day I was like I definitely wrote that in 2003 <laughs> wow no they're they're amazing they're so they're they're killing they're, they're incredible you did such a great and, job and, and then you came here yes. uh, New York and we worked on a whole bunch of music we did this record and you stayed here and then you're back out in la and you're you're performing with all different types of bands yeah yep i just came off tour singing background with alia nice which was amazing nice. Was, wow that was yeah, i've seen some videos yeah <laughs> we were singing backgrounds and being her background dancers in front of about like a good four or five thousand people going insane so that was fun and obviously doing a lot of session work in la singing backgrounds for a whole bunch of artists it looks super fun it's a blast but i miss i miss performing with the guys so i'm really excited about saturday <laughs> so we're gonna take a quick break um play some music for you guys and then we're gonna come back and um get into some topics here so uh, hopefully you guys will stay tuned
tuned to WWUH West Hartford, also WAPJ Torrington, WDJW Summers, and WWEB Wallingford, and streaming at WWUH.org. are back welcome to the truth revolution records podcast and i know your mind is going with that too and uh <laughs> we are having some fun here with, with um honey nelson uh, drove up here from Hartford, Connecticut, which is like i mean on a day like today it's definitely like a two hours yeah. two hours maybe two and a half yeah uh, a little bit longer just because of the lovely construction oh yeah there yeah yeah thank thank god for all that construction or else we wouldn't you know we wouldn't have traffic yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> um then we're here from natalie uh she's here hello uh, all the way from la she flew down just for this podcast yep that's really it. amazing and i was like hey since you're gonna be here for the podcast you want to do this gig on uh you know saturday <laughs> and so we're playing the springfield jazz fest Woo-hoo! but thanks to the patreon you know subscribers for this yeah, thank you. um so i wanted to i i this is completely most most of our podcasts are just unscripted so i have no idea what we're going to talk about but we do have some uh hot topics that we're usually talking about especially when i'm here with hanif (laughs) (laughs) let's go let's do this let's get in we can kind of get into whatever um at this point so yo anything because we always talk about talking like discussing certain things on air things that people need to hear and um and once we kind of get into, you know, the way things are with the community and with the culture of the music, um, it kind of just starts flowing because there's so much, so many great things happening right now. And like, like I said, everything with the publicity to promotion to all that stuff. At the same time, there's a lot of stuff that we really need to deal with. Yeah. You know, I just recently had a conversation with... Um uh, I'll say my first Skype student that I that I had uh, that I have now last week, and I told her I said you know, learning chord changes, transcribing solos, all this stuff is great, but if you don't understand the culture and the traditions of this music that you're playing, all you're doing is playing a bunch of notes. You're not making music, and right. one of the things that you know I see that from my perspective is very prevalent today more than any other day that I've seen so far in my life is there's a lot of people out there that are playing notes, but they're not playing music. 
there's a lot of people that sound exactly the same because they're playing a bunch of notes they're not playing music and we're talking about primarily jazz musicians and i mean even i mean we're talking about jazz musicians in particular but i mean even if you look at other genres of music i mean you go turn on the radio you know pop songs sound the same you know what's supposed to be hip-hop don't get me started on that but what's um, supposed to be hip-hop that's I mean, not hip-hop that's not hip-hop. that's not that's not that's it gibberish. you know so it, it's like but it all comes it all sounds the same and a lot of people don't understand you know on the pop music side and the hip-hop music side of things a lot of people don't understand what a recording contract is and a lot of people think that because you get a recording contract you're going to get released you're going to get distribution and they don't get that that's not really what it is and they don't understand how much control they don't have and how there's very few performers in this industry that actually have control over content for their music. Mm -hmm. But when you start talking about playing jazz and when you start talking about playing, you know, a lot of instrumental music, you know, there's a, there's a soul that's missing today from not everyone, but from some people that I hear, you know, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that academia is great but it's horrible at the same time because you have some academics that don't understand anything about the soul, the tradition and the culture of the music that they're teaching. Right, so now right. all they're doing is teaching the same patterns from this school to this school, to this school, to this school. And whereas before, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, if you came out of a school in the Northeast, there was a certain kind of sound that was native to the Northeast. If you came out of a school in the Southwest, there was a certain style that was native to that area. Same thing for the West coast. But nowadays, you can find most people standardized exactly the same. Yeah, it's all standardized, and a lot yeah. of that has to do with people that are going to school now for this. They don't understand; they're not being taught culture or tradition. Yeah, so you don't have a small um, culture pretty much creating that. Was you know, like I think Chicago still has a nice little you know piece, and um, same with Hartford. But I mean, it, when we were growing up, it was very cultural. It was very you played like the people that were in your town. Mm-hmm. that's yeah. just a vibe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know now i think i'm seeing a lot of people that want to play or a lot of students that want to play like which is which is good you know the heroes but definitely like these these iconic figures that are just world known or which they, is on point but yeah or they want to make things so academically challenging you know that it's like they think that it's cool that they can do some of these odd meter things that are really challenging and don't get me wrong i like odd meter music too Mm -hmm. but some of it is just odd to be odd not odd to be you know you know different and it's and it's one of those things where like if you're trying to differentiate yourself by your virtuosic technique then you're missing the point i remember a story jackie mclean told me that he was playing in the virgin islands and he met a saxophone player on the beach never been to school you know, never took any lessons, but he picked up a tenor saxophone, listened to mm-hmm. recordings, and taught himself how to play. He didn't have the greatest technique in the world, you know, but when that man played, you felt the soul of that man in every yeah. note. And, you know, people tried to get this guy to move out of there, come to New York, make records, and he was just content where he was. Right. He was content in the culture of his people and the culture of his homeland. He was content just being able to play mm-hmm. and right. there was something you know jackie said that was so authentic about his playing that you know you just couldn't help but want to listen to this guy so when you start talking about culture and you start talking about traditions those are the things that have to to really be echoed you know in terms of teaching music you know i heard a, I was at smoke about a year ago you know i was watching 
I was watching a good friend of mine perform at Smoke, and uh, the next night, you know, uh, a saxophonist came in and wanted to sit in and was asking, you know, Buster Williams, can I sit in? And he's like, no. <laughs> and the saxophonist Hell got no. upset <laughs> that they were not allowed to sit in and said, well, everyone lets me sit in. And he said, I'm not everybody. Right. So the next night, another saxophonist came with their horn, didn't ask. Buster knew this person. Same other person that did ask showed up. And this person just came to listen. And Buster called that one per- that person up to come sit in. Mm-hmm. Now, this other second, well, why can't I sit in? Well, because you don't understand how rude and how arrogant it is for you to expect anyone to open up their bandstand to you just because you showed up. Well, you don't learn that in Google. You don't learn that in schools. No. You learn that in the culture. You learn that in getting in there and knowing what the the manners are and the etiquette is in in these little sessions that you only learn through experience. You know, right? And so you were talking about how in school they might teach you the music and they might teach you the the, the vocabulary and how to act and and the standardized idea of what jazz is, but. Culture is, like you said, I agree with you fully. Culture is everything. And that's one thing that I think even us as, yeah, as artists, we have to make sure right. that we're always teaching. I personally, for example, I when, when people come to me and they're like, teach me how to sing. I always look at them and I say, I won't teach you how to sing. You can learn how to sing. What I'll teach you is interpretation. I'll teach you how to be present with each lyric and each note in the melody so that you're able to touch every single person that hears that song. I will teach you public performance. I'll teach you how to stand up on stage and not freak out. I'll teach you stage etiquette. I'll teach you stage presence. I'll teach you how to move about as an artist and how to be an artist because that's what I teach. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, and that's, totally. there's not, and try to tell that to a kid that wants to sound like Ariana Grande and I'm just like, because they don't want to hear that. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I think each one of us as artists has something to contribute and has to teach because if not, I think people are just going to go to Google and figure everything else out yeah. and they're not going to hear these guys that you're talking about in the middle of nowhere freaking playing the sax better than anybody else. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that's that's a huge problem. That's a huge problem. Like like when you take music from a culture and you just teach that, like I think the way things should be learned is you have to experience it in its natural uh situation. For instance, yeah. if you're gonna if you're going to uh learn jazz, you need to immerse yourself in that culture. Definitely. Or you're not gonna if you if you wanna learn Latin music, that's a problem with a lot of people when they're oh, I wanna learn how to play Latin jazz. But all the experiences, they keep doing everything they do. They buy a ton of books. They'll even listen to a bunch of records. But I'm like, how many times have you gone out to the salsa clubs? How many did you learn how to dance? Did you learn how to play some percussion? You know, where's where's that side of it? Right. Because other than that, you're just extracting something from a culture, and you're trying to learn the entire culture from that. And then you get then you get pissed when someone says, you know, yo, you don't got it. Yeah, you're just a brain, but and no you, experience. Yeah, but you don't know. You don't know why. You're like, I, I play just as well. It's in jazz. It's in R and B. It's in hip hop. Yeah. If if you're not yeah. involved in the hip hop culture, I mean, it's different. If if you're born into something, it makes it a little easier. You don't have to actually go and go into the culture. But if you're not born into it, you have to immerse yourself in the culture. You have to accept the culture. You can't try to change a culture from what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, just rapping. I, I see so many people that 
they rap now on youtube and you <laughs> you'll have like an r&b singer that's rapping and i'm like yo that's not right man that's not right <laughs> and i can tell right away like even i can tell through the content the content yeah and that's to me like even more telling because there's certain phrases that need to be dealt with it's like music it's like with bebop if somebody's playing bebop and you hear them playing you can tell right away if they've listened to the bud Pollard or if they haven't yeah just yeah. by the content yeah. so that's that's my my point of it like you gotta kind of be involved in the culture you gotta you have you, you can't dissect the culture and take a little piece of it and expect that now because you're just watering down and killing it that's what's happening exactly here, here, here. exactly exactly you here, know here. And, and i think you know you have you all you know academia is one part of the problem you know the other part of the problem from my perspective is this attitude of um everybody wins everyone gets a mm-hmm. trophy well, well well you know academia some academia because some some parts of the academia is 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 been involved in getting right. involved in a culture like they've been very supportive of the culture but yeah. uh, most of the academia that i know of is exactly which it is yeah. the problem and i'm specifically when i say academia i'm specifically dealing with academia that divorces itself from the culture of what they're teaching right mm. you know this jack is, mclean right. institute was perfect i, I mean, mean it, the way it was yeah i mean this isn't like science you know we're not teaching about theory hypothesis proving your hypothesis no you know, when, when I went to heart, one of the greatest things that ever happened when I went to heart was that, you know, Jackie McLean, everyone would expect someone like him to only want to deal with the most advanced kids in the school. Mm-hmm. And he, he, that was the total opposite of Jackie McLean. He dealt with the very advanced kids in the school, but he used to have this master class on one, every Wednesday morning when he was in town. And he was actually present a lot my four years of college. And he would have the saxophone master class. He would have a rhythm section in there. And he would let, occasionally he'd let some now saxophone players in there. Mm. And I remember my freshman year, I would like cut the end of my theory class so I can get into this master mm-hmm. class. And all of us that couldn't play anything, myself was the chief one among those people coming into that class. He would take us aside and leave the other teacher in there to deal with the advanced kids. And he would take us aside to teach us. That's awesome. And I still remember to this very day, that was in 1996. I still remember to this very day, every single thing he ever taught me about how to play Groovin' High, about how to play oh, yeah. Donna Lee, and all these things that he did. And he would take a bunch of us people that yeah. were really li- listening to the culture, learning more and more th- about the traditions. He would bring us to his house. You know, if he was playing and we were in town, you know, when I would be home for the summertime, I'd get yelled at if I wasn't at one of his shows. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd be like, right. why weren't you there? If I didn't have a good excuse, I'd get yelled at because it's like, you know, it wasn't just to go see him. But I remember watching him play in one of Billy Higgins' last gigs at the Vanguard with the Cedar Walton trio. Mm. I remember him introducing me to Cedar Walton because it was important to meet people like Cedar Walton, like Billy Higgins. Mm. And it it was important to not just meet them, but talk to them. And, you know, and I remember when I met you guys for the first time, you know, and and I met your dad. And I was talking to your dad about the Jazzmobile program in New York and how I had gone there when I was a kid. And I didn't understand what I was learning because I just was trying to figure out how to play a trumpet. And when I talked to your dad about it, his first reaction was, when is this and when, and, and when can we sign up? <laughs> right. Yeah. And we would all go down on Saturday. That's right. That's right. We would busted minivan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's like, oh, but, but when we were there, I mean, if you think about, you know, back then, I didn't understand the magnitude of some of the things that we were experiencing. Now. I mean, think about it now. I mean, we had 
people like Donald Byrd, Cecil Bridgewater, yeah. Ronnie Matthews, yeah. John Stubblefield, Charles Davis, Frank Foster, you know, Roland Guerrero. We had all yep. these people that were giving of their time and they weren't getting paid a ton of money. Exactly. He, he knows pain. You know, we had all these people <laughs> that were there yeah. get teaching us. And then like when you look at the magnitude of what they've done, you know. Right. Max Roach. I remember meeting Stefan Harris before the rest of the world knew he was. He was a teaching assistant in Jazzmobile. Oh, that's what's up. You know, so it's like yeah. you list, you, you think about that, and what what we learned at Jazzmobile wasn't just how to play an instrument. It wasn't just about how to arrange music. It wasn't just about music theory. These people taught you culture, right? Mm-hmm. You know, during the lunch mm-hmm. break, I remember many a times, Donald, about, come on, let's go get a sandwich together. Mm-hmm. We go get a sandwich, and we just sit there, and he talks to me. He told me a story about him and Woody Shaw at Tavern on the Green. And Bartok was playing, and two trumpet players from the New York Philharmonic were there. Wow. And these guys looked at Woody Shaw and Donald Byrd and had seen posters of them playing. And, uh, you know, figured, oh, these guys don't know anything about Bartok. And so they thought that they were going to school Donald Byrd and Woody Shaw, not knowing that Donald Byrd actually never wanted to be a professional jazz musician and that classical music was Woody Shaw's favorite thing to listen to. Mm. And the guy asked Woody Shaw, do you know what this is? And Woody Shaw asked Donald, said to quote Donald, gave a dissertation on Bartok and then talked yes. about how he transcribed the very piece that it was playing and <laughs> talked about one of the records he used some of Bartok's lines in. And the guys just looked at him like, what? Yeah. You know, like things like that. I mean, people may not think that that's important to, for culture or traditions or anything, but you need to hear stuff like that because you need to know where this yeah, came totally. from in order mm-hmm, to know mm-hmm. where you're going to take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I know you know all about the culture over there. I know all about culture. <laughs> I am Mrs. Culture. Um, as a child, I was in the pageant of Miss Culture, and when, I won. Yeah, no, you, well, you, can't, <laughs> you can't get any closer than you, uh, dealing, especially when dealing with tango music, because your mother is a Right, uh, right. That's why I love singer. this conversation, because it's, it's totally, that's what you're saying about knowing your culture before you even want to mess with it. You don't I have mean, a choice. You I don't have, have a, choice. a choice. I run away from my <laughs> culture, actually, to be honest with you. Um, everything about me as a vocalist or anything that I've ever tried to do has been trying to understand a different culture which has been American culture because I was born in Argentina and I knew tango I knew my music I knew folklore music I knew that well we got to kind of clarify which American culture meaning black culture yes the american culture think about it i'm not talking about i'm talking about i'm talking about american culture and that's what right. i meant by that um my sister's a, a b-girl she's a break dancer and so i was the up i had a beautiful opportunity to have an up close contact a with the hip hop girl by the way yeah she's so, amazing her, what's her what's her b-girl stells with a z double l um <laughs> she's amazing and you can find her on instagram b-girl stells and um but i mean i be having those opportunities to really see the real hip-hop culture and see what it's become um having the opportunity to hang out with 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 friends like you zakai and, and and everything that that i have been exposed to at berkeley and before that because for me jazz was not something i was really exposed to until i went to berkeley um i was just a tango singer that was posing to be a pop singer that was me mm. um well you did both yeah but I, but you know what i'm saying like at heart i'm a passionate vocalist yeah, but, you, but could do, you could do both you just switching you do right now you're doing this and but the few yeah well, you know we, we got to eat but <laughs> <laughs> you weren't posing my point is you're, you're not posing you're no just, you, you know. yeah you're, i see what you mean i see what you mean but um 
but being exposed to all those things and seeing how it's it's evolved and he, seeing how it's evolving for example stretch music what christian has done shout out yeah christian stretch scott music. is uh, what how do you say his real how atunde ajwa thank you i need to practice that so my apologies christian if you're hearing this yeah he listens yeah of course yeah, he he's does a big, he's, a, he's a big listener he listens to it on his way to <laughs> to his next gig on his airplane on his private jet um <laughs> now we're messing oh colleagues you know we're colleagues we're just colleagues he, he, around I'll colleagues tell him, i'll tell him to listen to this one <laughs> yo it's Igmark thomas just walked into the room what's up what's up he has a question <laughs> okay and so anyway so um i'll continue but so stretch music for example what it's done is the same thing kind of that that you know a lot of what we are doing as artists which is understanding the culture and then saying okay i get it i fully understand the verbiage i understand the language i understand uh where it came from i understand its history um but i am alive now in 2017 and i am a creative so i'm going to grab this all this information all this vocabulary all this all this education plus the culture and that you know we've took time to to learn and to immerse ourselves in right, right. and then make our music and hopefully instruct the <clears throat> those that listen the generation that's listening to do the same and then create their own rendition of it their own music you know for example the afro tango that i that i just did with akai it's a full fusion i was raised in miami that's all afro-caribbean music all day you know yeah. so and and the latin jazz component came from sakai but mainly i i just knew tango and i knew latin music because that's what i was raised in um and obviously all sorts of other genres because Miami is a huge melting pot of everything. But I'm saying that like finding, finding that place as a creative right now to, to create music with a firm understanding of where it came from and a full respect, that's a huge thing for me is respect, is to say, if I'm gonna create in this genre, I have to come with it with, with full respect of understanding that people have given their entire lives to this genre. And I'm about to put my own uh, my own um, contribution to that. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, whatever it is, I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna get up on the mic and be like, poop, 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 is this thing on? I'd like to say this, hello, blah, blah, blah. You know, and that's my album, that's the music, that's your career, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, but I really think that that's the biggest point, and I think that's the biggest solution is educate the the the, the up and coming generation right now. Bef you know, as they're exposed to everything, because Google now you can hear everything, you could see it, you could feel it, you could taste it. Um, but at the same time, still create. We have to create, and we have to put music out constantly because we're that generation that was between the analog and the digital. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, and I think it's it's the it's the catch twenty two of having so many things available at your fingertips is that mm -hmm. you have so much available at your fingertips that you don't take the time to understand the one thing that you have in front of you because you're too busy looking at the three or other four things that you can just get right away. Yeah, I mean, for me, jazz wasn't you know even something that I liked as a kid growing up until I was maybe about a teenager and started playing trumpet and started playing in jazz band. You know, I grew up during a time in which you know, hip hop was was just growing to become the cultural force that it is. I mean, when I when I was growing up and I turned on the radio, you know, I could still hear Grandmaster Flash. I could still hear the Furious Five. Uh. You know, 
I could still hear KRS One. Yes. You know, I can hear Marley Mall. I can hear all of these people, Kid and Play. They're actually saying Jeff things. And the Fresh Prince. Yeah. You know, going through NWA, going through all of that, and the content yeah. was saying something. And then, and then when I started listening to jazz, and I started like really understanding more and learning more about jazz, I'm like, well, wait a minute. The jazz was doing the very same thing. Absolutely. Before this, yeah. And the content was saying something, and, yeah. and I think that's really what. I think it's missing sometimes, you know, when I'm listening to music today, I'm listening, it doesn't matter whether it's jazz or whether it's there's multiple genres that I hear this in. They're not saying anything. Exactly. Where, where's the content? You know, there is, you know, as I've explained to students in the past, you know, as a musician, there are things that you're going to hear out there when you're out there going to check out other people that is going to be very stimulating to you academically because you understand it. Mm-hmm. But if you're not tapping your feet, if it's not making your heart skip a beat, then you're going to lose some people because not all of your audience is going to be a bunch yep. of musicians. Yep. And in fact, the majority of the people you want to reach are non-musicians. And yep. if they can't be touched by the music you're putting out there, there's something wrong with the music you're not saying you're anything. Out there. Yeah, you're not contributing anything. You know, right. you, There's no contribution. You're just putting out more more frequency waves out there into the universe without any actual substance behind it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You know, And, and, and it's the... People say that the venues for learning things like this aren't there. You know, they they're still there. You it's just call life, to, man. You just have to you know, look for it to find it. You know, like for yeah. a good example is like some of the people that I grew up with musically in Hartford. When we were in school together, we would be playing from like ten o'clock at night in the practice rooms. The next thing you know, you migrate to another room. Then you migrate up to the fourth floor to a classroom. That was and like next Berkeley. Thing you know, <laughs> like you go from four or five people practicing to having a session at school until three or four in the morning. And then it used to be a couch on the second floor, which is like the main floor of the building at heart. There used to be a couch that we would take turns crashing in, you know, and then we would get up, go to our eight thirty class, go back home, shower, repeat. And so when yeah. there wasn't a session off campus, we would create one on campus. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just about how bad do you want it? I mean, I have a, like I said, I have a session every Monday, downtown Hartford, not far away people will pile into cars to to help people get there that's awesome and it's amazing to me sometimes how few students show up to the session from heart right yeah and these are some of the same students that you know will talk about how you know they want to do this or some of them not all of them because they're not all big-headed some of them are will talk about how great they are and i'm like wait a minute if you're so great why are you never playing Mm mm-hmm you know, why are you never learning? If you think you've got it all together, then you should stop. <laughs> yeah, the sessions are not um, part of the culture anymore. If I find more and more people and not digging the session. I, when I first went, went to sessions, it was like, I think Darren Barrett was running it, Lampkin, and Wally's in Boston. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we had the 88... Uh, 880. 880. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I've only played at like twice. But um, we, I used to go all the time, all the time. Pops used to take us, and then um, they had some more sessions over there. But that was like a big thing is to go to the sessions, yeah. and I, we we weren't good enough to to sit in yet or anything like that. But when you did get the chance to sit in, it wasn't like a fun time. It wasn't like, oh, I, I'm going to feel comfortable and play my thing. It was you kind of go up there and the person says, "Do you know this?" And you're not down, so they say, "Okay, let's call it in a different key." and then that's kind of the vibe yeah so i mean that's what it's supposed to be and i think people don't understand that no i mean i'll give you a good real life example i um last year 
we were at a session in Hartford and a young student came to the session and he tried to call the same tune that he had called the previous two weeks prior to that. And I said, no. Now, mind you, the way the session works in Hartford is that, you know, every Monday I hire a different band. They do a first set and the second set, they run the jam session. Now, I don't play every Monday as part of the first band, but there are a certain set of songs that no matter whose band it is, unless it's like a beginner, 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 right? you can't play. And the reason why is because that's the, the same tunes you're going to call. And if you're going to play it, you're going to play it in a key that I know you don't want to play it in. Right. Why? Because you don't grow by staying comfortable. Nothing about growth is comfortable. I mean, if you look at it from a physical perspective, the reason why most of your growth from your bones happens when you're sleeping is because if you were awake during that process, you would be in a lot of pain. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's musically speaking, growth is not comfortable. And I had a student that I told him, you know what? You need to go learn some tunes he got offended mm-hmm. went back to campus told one of his teachers and told one of his teachers to try to talk to me <laughs> for what i said to him and mm-hmm. one of his teachers had the full intention of trying to talk to me until he was told well what are you going to say to the guy right we're trying to teach him this is right you know, this is <laughs> this is something that happened off campus and he's right yeah you know and i now well, let's go back a few years another student First week at heart, told him the same thing. You need to go learn some tunes. His response was, I don't know a whole lot of tunes. He came back the next few weeks and every single tune that I that I called he didn't know, he knew every right. one of them. Right. So it's yeah. like two different responses. And now that student is playing all around New York, all around the world, mm-hmm. just played at Newport Jazz Festival yeah. because he looked at it and instead of saying, oh, you're criticizing me and you're trying to tear me tear me down. He said, well, you know what? I don't really know. And the same stuff happened to me. I can't tell you how many sessions I mm-hmm. went to where I didn't know tunes and Steve Davis was like, uh, you need to go learn some tunes. Hmm. Right. You know, so it's how we teach. I mean, it, it, how we teach and is just as important as what we teach. You know, and if right. we're teaching people you know, that um, that anytime something happens that you don't like, you can go get someone to fix it for you, and you're gonna have a really hard time when you graduate college and trying to make it as a performer because you're gonna hear more no's than you're gonna hear yeses. Yeah, but and I'm I'm wondering, so I'm I'm gonna ask Natalie this question. So, as a performer, what would you say? To somebody that wants to be a performer, I would say, you know, someone our age, um, not too, too young, but I'm saying someone that's uh, been performing around, what not to do? (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, so what not to do? Um, First thing that you don't do is um, forget for a moment or for an instant that uh, you're doing the audience a favor by being up on stage. You have to respect your audience always and respect mm-hmm. their time. I hear that. You always have to respect their respect them, respect their time. You don't know what it took for them to get there, so you always have to respect that number one and for right. like first and foremost. Secondly, you have to respect their attention, what you're putting into their brains, and why. When someone sits there, just like a movie, they're sitting there completely open and exposed and ready for whatever it is yeah. that they're they're you're they're just open. They're ready for it, you know. Um, so that comes with great power comes great responsibility. Oh, Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man. Um, so, and that's, and as a performer. They didn't say that in the last Spider-Man, no. They didn't. I they almost did. I know. I saw it. I liked it. 
but that's oh, here yeah, nor it was, there. It was the best Spider-Man ever. It was great. Easily. I enjoyed it. I'm really liking what they're doing with like the girlfriend. All those other it was great. It was really good. Um, so <laughs> 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 riffing. This is called riffing. Um, but that but that's not just for singers. That's for anybody up on stage. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, last <laughs> last but never least is um, know your music and know the story behind the writer like what why that writer wrote that song and what those lyrics mean where they come from uh and respect that with everything so that know your music know every single note know every single lyric the intention behind it so that you are able to honor that and perform it and leave that intention to that open audience so that you are able to respect and honor their time so so don't sing something that you are not sure about yeah well don't don't play or sing something that you're not feeling bam i like that it's real yo. how about you hanif i mean As, I, so so remember you, you the context I, I i'm trying to target like musicians that are playing but you know they would let's say they're college level they're playing but um um yeah that's that's pretty much what you're looking at i mean i would say that um always remain humble remember that anyone can get on that stage and play it didn't have to be you and always remember you know why you play what you play and and you have to remember that what we do is not about playing notes it's about playing life if you're not playing life if you haven't learned that lesson yet you need to learn that lesson because you're not going to make any significant music in this world until you realize that what you're playing is your life and that's what we do. We play our life. And if you keep yourself humble, and if you remember the fact that we're playing our lives out there, then it doesn't matter whether you have the biggest name or whether no one outside of your town knows who you are. You're going to be able to do something that many people before you never did, which yeah. is express yourself through your art and give the world something that it needs. Right, right. Mm-hmm. No, in other words... Don't take any of your music for granted. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you mm-hmm. learned that lesson and for I, sure. One thing I would add put that is, on t-shirt. is if you're a horn player, <laughs> one of the quickest ways to learn tunes, if you're a horn player, especially if you get uncomfortable playing tunes in a bunch of different keys, is play with a singer. Okay. Yeah. There's some, man, many gigs that I've done with singers where they've called tunes and... I'm like, oh yeah, I know that tune, and then they call it in another key, and I'm like, oh, but in I don't C. know that key, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> like in C, and you're sitting on the bandstand, and it's not like you could say, time out, I got to take some time to learn. You you've got to develop gotta all your tools. Gotta you got to develop. Yeah, that's true. Develop gotta your hit. ears. Make sure you and to make sure that you're taking inventory. If you find yourself deficient about something on the bandstand, then that's the thing. When you get off the bandstand, you need to go and practice. Mm. Right, 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 and do that. That's yeah. probably that's usually the best time to practice. And Yuzakai? When you're done. How about you? Oh man, I, I it's that's they want to know what you guys want to hear. They don't want to hear what, know what I want to hear. No, no, no. Nobody wants to know you're, what I want. That's no, no, no. You it's nobody the wants same to know question. what I think. To you, I don't want to know what I think. <laughs> <laughs> One thing, don't listen to me. Oh. <laughs> No, no, that's a lie. That's a lie. I want to thank you guys for joining us on the podcast. I mean, had a lot of fun, and plus, there's a lot of stuff happening. But Thanks before we go, I want you guys to just let us know what's happening in the future, like what's happening in the immediate future. You know, even if it's gigs. I'll start with you, Hanif. 
Well, uh, in the immediate future, uh, I'll be back in Hartford and preparing for next week. Uh, newer group that I put together called the Neef Ted. It's a sextet, which has uh, two trumpets and a tenor on the front line. Nice. Neef Ted? The Neef Ted. Oh, the Neef Ted. Okay. Yeah, we're That's going awesome. to be performing uh, some you know, original arrangements of mine and some original compositions. And it's a band that I'm excited about, you know, features. Uh, the other trumpet player in the band is a student who's a recent graduate of the Hart School. His name is Tommy Lehman. If you have not heard mm-hmm. Tommy Lehman, you should. Bet. He's a he's a good musician. And better than that, he's a good person. Nice. So, you know, we're going to be good. performing soon. And I'm in the uh, process of wrapping up and setting up the next performance for uh, the Hartford Legacy Jazz Orchestra, which was started last summer, so I'm excited nice. about that. I'll be able to announce, you know, the dates for that coming up soon, as soon as the details are all Wonderful. ironed out. And where do they, um, they, they, where do they catch you at? What's your website? Well, I'm building the website right now. Right now, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on SoundCloud at Neef Jazz. You can find me on Instagram, also at Neef Jazz. I'm a very uh, easily accessible person. Yeah, N E E F J A Z Z, right? Yes. Yeah. So if you, I mean, put that into Twitter, Twitter, Twitter too. Yep. Yeah. So Neef Jazz, too. that's his, that's his tag, and you'll find him there. And then when he releases a website, he'll probably put it on the the, the social media. I shall. <laughs> all right. All right. How about you, Natalie? Um. Well, you know, we are this Saturday. Uh, the Afro Tango Band is back together. Oh, wow. How are they? They're fantastic. No, they're, it's the Kai Curtis <laughs> and Insight featuring Natalie Fernandez. We're going to be hitting at this uh, Springfield Roots and Jazz Festival. Yeah, yeah. So I'll have to get this podcast out ASAP. Yeah. And it's the headliner is Liz Wright. And I love yeah, Liz Wright. Everybody loves Liz Wright. So so excited about playing in any Natalie in Fernandez, Christian Scott, uh, 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 Sarah Elizabeth Sarah, Charles. Sarah Elizabeth Charles. The family's going to be there. I mean, yeah, it's going to be whole happening. tribe the whole tribe it's a tribe gathering <laughs> and, and and the tango band rarely comes together i mean the yeah. last time we played was a few years ago no for real this is so. this is huge um finally the stars aligned and the band was able I, we could steal them from eddie and have them come right. and, and and perform um and then um uh working on a new record with zakai on the low oh. yeah it's gonna be a that guy's whack yeah he's whack <laughs> and um and then also um and I'm in LA doing a lot of session work, hopefully back on tour with Dalia. I have a lot of top secret projects I'm working on, but mm-hmm. you can always find me on NatalieFernandez.com. And that's N-A-T-A-L-I-E-F-E-R-N-A-N-D-E-Z. That's right. Subscribe. And subscribe on your Facebook, right? Yep. Natalie Fernandez, the, uh, the real, the official Natalie Fernandez on Facebook. That's my Facebook page. And um, my Instagram, which is hilarious, is Natalie Fernandez Music. I will bombard you with inspirational memes all day, every day. That's what's up. Yeah. We need those sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And um, also, uh, well, when, when we do a single, we'll release it, and that's when we can tell people more about what's happening. Exactly. I just you alluded know? to it. We, you know we what I'm saying? Know, we don't know what can happen. No. It's about to be amazing, it though. It could be. It could be straight up bachata, disco bachata. You know we're going to make a tango version of Despacito. Oh. Uh-oh. You're welcome. It already exists. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It does. It exists. And the Tangle community was like, what the beep? Oh, hell no. All, one, all at once. All at once. In it's Spanish. Total riot. The, the president had to stop the country. It was crazy. Bet, bet, bet. So, yeah, we have a lot of stuff uh, cut out for, for us. And um, also, stuff. you guys can stay in touch with Natalie through the app. 
and I'm going to use this type plug. Yes, come on, Riff. Plug. Come on, the Riff. That's right. We have an app called the Riff. And, um, R-I-F-F. R-I-F-F. That's right. And it's right. It's on. Uh, it's on. Any app store? Any app store. Literally. So your Android, Android your iTunes, or iPhone. And it works really good for iPad. Yep. Yep. It does. So you have an iPad, you throw it on there. And basically what the app does is tell you when people are performing. It tells you when, you know, any news comes out, CDs are dropping, any discounts. All that stuff is thrown on the app. It's great. So then you just go it's and really you just great. open the app, see what's new. Mm-hmm. You can click on what's new or not. You can just scroll through it. Um, and then the events was probably the best feature on the app, I think, is you hit the events page um or the event that you like it'll open up and there's a button that says add to calendar yep yeah add the event together yep. I mean, that was mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. 2017 and it's the first one of its kind so um get it um come on truth we revolution. had truth, well truth revolution records had the first app for a record label come on and now we made an app um it's not truth revolution anymore it's a completely different company the riff um and um truth revolution is now just one of the labels on this round table of record labels indie yes. record labels, only for indie record labels so sony ain't getting on here you know oh yeah get out of here they tried they tried they tried real hard of course no, they no, did and they, <laughs> they wanted it so bad universal was like please no stop coming to my doorstep <laughs> but the the labels that are dropping it actually released early so um i think there's three more labels that are um, in the works now of either uh, just about to drop their information or um, that's awesome yeah yeah already really half good. so right now you can check out um, Holistic Music which is Brian Lynch I mean Grammy Award winner on there and then you have Ralph Peterson also Grammy Award winner um, and their labels Onyx Production you have Holistic Music you have Truth Revolution and then Chemboro which was one of my um, uh, Chembo Cornell was one of my personal mentors and I wouldn't have a record label if it wasn't for people like him, Papo mm. Vasquez, and people like that. So mm. he's also um, uh, signed on to the app. So you'll be able to check out what he's doing, um, any stuff he's releasing, any discounts, things like that. So it's really cool. Um, check it out. It's called The Riff. You can find it on uh, iTunes. If you put... I literally put The Riff. And it worked. It, it popped yeah. up. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, people, and I have Android. Okay. So And I had the Truth Revolution Collective uh, app first, and it updated to the risk. If you have the app already, it updated just press for update. Me. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah, and it's the best wonderful. part is it's 100% free. We're yeah. never going to charge for this. Just download the app, and it's just free information. Um, and then the, you can like who you you can mm-hmm. like what you want so you can press I a heart I liked myself oh nice nice I was gonna ask you if you I did, did. Of I didn't do I that did. I would yeah. hope you like yourself uh, yeah. I love myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on it's both really apps. good for the soul it is get get the app and, and then you get alerts based <laughs> yeah. on who you like mm-hmm. so now whenever something is posted about you you'll get it I'll know and you'll know I'll be like what I didn't know that Wait, was happening with when, me when's my gig again oh yeah <laughs> thank god <laughs> yeah, thank god for the riff <laughs> we need a theme song you have to work on that sorry oh yeah i'm actually thinking of the the ringtone that's like it has to be piano. a riff you know the piano one that goes yeah 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 like that legit one. like yeah. it has to be a riff i think i've heard that on a jazz record man i think it's Wayne kelly or something but um anyway thank you for joining us we had a lot of fun um yeah subscribe get the app it's free and uh we're gonna have more uh artists on here 
as much as possible. I yeah. mean, right away, I think, you know, Igmar Tom has been my roommate for I don't know how long. So he hasn't been on one of the podcasts. And he just came and interrupted I mean, this one. So we should have gotten him on the mic. This guy. He's busy. Yeah, they're recording. But um, you can join. Uh, well, join us whenever we have. And we have a bunch of podcasts where we go over a bunch of different music. Um, as you scroll down, I think we have up maybe like 30 podcasts right now. That's awesome. But um, we're looking to double that quadruple it yeah i mean i don't know what comes after quadruple google quintuple we're gonna quintuple it there we go well thank you for having us i really appreciate the invite oh you know it thank you natalie hanif nelson and um we're gonna go out with some music hopefully one of hanif songs because we put the music in after uh we record the podcast (laughs) don't give it away if if not then uh, (laughs) don't give away the magic See you guys, you anything let is know. possible. It is the truth, man. I'll, I'll That's tell right, you the, the revolution. Truth, Come on. Revolution. Come on. Yeah. All right, thank you very much. It's the Truth Revolution Podcast. We love you all. Peace.